Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Maybe you're on iTunes, YouTube, the show website, or wherever you are listening. We appreciate you joining us. Our show topic today is Hotel Industry 2018. This segment is brought to you by BuildOut. If you're a commercial brokerage firm, check out buildout.com. You'll be glad you did. So the hotel industry, 2018, what's going to happen? Well, a lot of things have been happening. The hotel industry for the last several years has done very well. But what's in store? What's coming up? We have, uh, we've been in this great economy for a long time. How long is the cycle going to uh, last? And so we'll talk about it today. Performance, we'll talk about cap rates, we'll talk about pricing, uh, and we'll have some uh, principals, some developers to kind of get an inside view uh, from their desk of the industry. Please, let's first welcome Warren Marr. Warren is U.S. Hospitality and Leisure Managing Director with PwC, and he's joining us on the phone. Warren, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, Warren, what do you see for sales values? What are the trends for values and cap rates for the hotel industry? You know, what, what did you see in 2017? Well, we've seen so far this year that the cap rates are are going up slightly um, in the in the full service segment in full service hotels or hotels that have restaurants, meeting space, uh, cocktail lounges, that type of thing, and uh, they're going up more meaningfully in the limited service, lower price chain scale segments, uh, up almost 50 basis points from a year ago. But again, uh, not not materially changing from where they have been before because we continue to have a low interest rate environment. We have supply that, while it is increasing, new hotels are being built. They're not being built at nearly the rate that they were built in other uh, economic recoveries. Well, it's interesting. So values declining slightly, if it, well, at least based on the cap rates. Uh, but what do you expect moving forward, Warren, into 2018? Well, that's the you know the twenty million dollar question, uh, and a lot of that has to do with uh, what happens with the economy going forward. Uh, this year, we've had a very strong economy from a, from a stock market perspective. The, the stock market's done very well, um, but but growth in GDP at the beginning of the year wasn't all that uh, uh, aggressive. Uh, it started to increase in the in the latter part of this year, and with the pending uh, uh, tax cuts that are they're running through the the, uh, the uh, Senate and the House right now, we, we could see a more meaningful growth uh, into 2018, which would drive, uh, you know, profits and therefore drive values uh, for the hotel sector. Okay. So what about performance? So if uh, cap rates have uh, increased a little bit in 2018, uh, how has how hotel industry been performing? How about RevPAR and things? So RevPAR this year has, has been up and is expected to, and we came out with our, our latest forecast uh, in November, and we were forecasting that 2017 RevPAR would be up about 2.6% which was an increase from what we had had in our forecast a quarter before. As I sit here today, just before we break for the holidays, um, I don't foresee a situation where 2017 comes in below where our number is. I actually think, given the, the results of the last month and a half in the, in the U.S. overall, 
that REPFAR growth could be north of that 2.6% before we before it's all said and done in, in 2017. Um, a lot of that has to do with the anomalies um, of, surprisingly, the hurricanes. You know, you, you sit there and you think, oh, gosh, a hurricane happens in a, in a market. It's going to devastate the hotel industry. Well, depending upon what happens, it can actually be a boost. Markets like Houston, we're seeing REVPAR up over 50% for the year. A lot of that has to do with the displacement of families in the market that are being uh, put into hotels by FEMA and other programs, as well as the construction crews that are now coming down to work on on the infrastructure in that metropolitan area that need a place to stay. So we've actually seen you know, significant growth in, in markets like Houston, certain parts, pockets of Florida uh, that weren't anticipated prior to, you know, the, the uh, hurricane season. Yeah, that's interesting and almost uh, a windfall, if you will, for some of those hotel operators. I know some of our clients that own hotels uh, were reporting that their their hotels are absolutely full and, uh, and, and around those areas. So that is interesting, especially when you think about what you just mentioned uh, about the construction folks coming in, uh, you know, in those markets. That's very interesting. What about new supply, Warren? Have you, what have you seen there and how's that impacting the market? So new supply in 2017 is expected to be up, uh, or supply growth is expected to be up 1.8%. So an increase in supply of 1.8%. The long-term average for the U.S. lodging industry is about 2%. So still slightly below that number. And even next year, we're we're having it inch up a little bit to 1.9%, but still at or just slightly below the long-term average. So when you think about an economic recovery, and these, by the way, those 2017 and 18 are going to be the, the biggest growth percentage increases we've seen in this recovery. So when you think about a recovery period, you would expect to see supply growth above the average. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that. Um, and a lot of that has to do with disciplines that were put in place uh, after you know, the, the, uh, the events of late, late fall 2008, um, where the banking, the banking infrastructure now is, is set up to, to really uh, vet these projects much more conservatively than they were in the past. And so we don't have the supply growth that we have seen. Now, there are certain po- pockets uh, of the country where you'll see, see supply that's increased. Houston is an example, again, that um, was one over the last couple of years where we had significant supply growth. Um, and that impacted negatively the market. On the flip side, you've got markets like Nashville, that have had significant supply increases yet continue to beat um, performance expectations and have very strong REVPAR growth year over year. So, um, again, I don't think supply is going to be the Achilles heel in this particular recovery. Um, it could be in certain pockets of the country, but on, from a U.S. overall perspective, supply is not going to be what uh, disrupts uh, this, this, this growth. We're speaking with Warren Mart with uh, PwC about the hotel industry. So, Warren, if we have kind of healthy levels of, of new supply, you're expecting kind of continued uh, growth in, in REVPAR um, and performance of these properties. Is it kind of, uh, are we good to go in 2018 and 2019? Is, is your outlook that, uh, hey, we're okay, we're not overbuilding, performance should be fine? Uh, is that sort of the outlook? Well, I think there's there's two parts of that question. We're not overbuilding was one of the parts of the question. The other one was we should be fine. And I don't know that those two things are necessarily interlocked. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot that could happen um, in 2018. Uh, there's a, there's many more unknowns that could happen in 2019, and we do we just don't we we don't even forecast out you know on a national basis for 2019. For 18, we are seeing we're expecting uh, Revpar to be similar to where it was in 2017. Now I say that caveating that on the last, when we did our last forecast, the, 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 the situation with the tax, the uh, tax codes was, was, was still in flux. It seems a little bit more um, clear right now as to what may happen for 2018. So we could see 2018 actually be a little bit stronger than, than what was anticipated earlier. Um, it, it, what we're really seeing across the country is that demand growth, and this is the, the interesting piece, is it occupancy, where we are in occupancy right now, you would expect to see much stronger room rate growth than we're seeing. Every quarter, when we look at things, we say, okay, finally, rate, we're at a point now where rate's really going to start to turn up because occupancy can't go any further. And then occupancy continues to defy and go up further. We, we have occupancy levels right now that we haven't seen since the early, very early 1980s. Um, and so it's, 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 a, it's a really interesting situation here, yet we're not able to push rate um, as much as would be expected because we also are in a situation where we have complete transparency in rates that we didn't have in other cycles. And by that, I mean people can go on uh, online travel agency sites like Hotels.com, Expedia, Travelocity and and Bookings.com and see you know the entire market what what the rates are being charged on any given night for all of the different products. Yeah. That, so yeah. It, you know that that affects the ability to to drive rate. It also gives you an opportunity to push more leisure business into pockets of of, of a given week that normally wouldn't be strong, like a Sunday night or a Thursday Thursday night. Right, because you can adjust things pretty quickly, I guess. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's a good point, Warren, with the sharing economy, the technology, and you know, we're all able to hopefully get better deals on things, right? The, the, the knowledge is out there. So you're seeing increased occupancy in the hotels, but not necessarily uh, the income growth. And you mentioned the uh, Tax Act. So as we, we speak today, this morning, the Senate passed the Tax uh, Cuts and Jobs Act. And, uh, you know, Senator Ryan, or the, the Speaker of the House, Ryan, is suggesting that a medium income family of four is going to see an extra $2,000 in their pocketbooks in, in 2018. And if leisure is a, is a big growth uh, opportunity for the hotel industry, hey, I know uh, if I had an extra two grand, I might want to go on a trip. <laughs> might, might that be really beneficial to this industry? Yeah, I think, look, the devil's in the details, but mm-hmm. if indeed that happens and the the average middle middle class american does see that kind of an increase in their in their in their wallet um i think you will you can expect to see an increase in leisure travel spend here in the u.s um and it's important and, and very interesting to note that in this recovery and particularly this year what is really driving that increase, that incremental increase in occupancy has been that leisure traveler. It hasn't been the commercial business traveler. That doesn't mean that they're not traveling. They are traveling. But, but the significant growth that we're seeing 
in demand is not or continued growth in demand is not coming from that business traveler. It's it's coming from the leisure traveler. It's also not coming from that group traveler, the conventions and meetings business. In fact, that's down this year. So when you look at the if you if you look at the hotel industry, many, many people compartmentalize it into three main segments, the individual business traveler, the convention or meeting travel person, and then the leisure traveler. The one that is not on an expense account is the leisure traveler. They're the most price sensitive. And so with them driving a lot of a disproportionate amount of the growth that we're seeing in demand, that has an impact as well on pricing and the ability to drive rate. You've got, I give you an example, uh, you know, the, the U.S. lodging industry this year is expected to finish at about 60, you know, about 65 percent occupancy. Um, well, actually, a little bit, a little bit higher, six, almost 65.8 percent occupancy. Manhattan is running an occupancy for the year at about 90 percent. Hmm. I went online just before this. We started this interview and I can book a hotel room in down in midtown Manhattan tonight for under a hundred dollars Wow! at a hotel. I'd actually stay at. <laughs> so that tells you, um, they're, they're driving that demand and they want to run and they'll run that occupancy, continue to run that occupancy. But here we are the week before Christmas. And by the way, Manhattan is the one market where the month of December is, is one of the most, the strongest months of the year because of the, the, the leisure traveler coming to Man- Manhattan for, for the holiday uh, sh- to see shows, to, to do shopping, to do whatever. The in- international uh, leisure traveler into New York in December is, is phenomenal. But I can book a hotel room tonight for under $100 in Midtown. Yeah, that is interesting. And a place you would actually stay. Warren, great information. Thanks for joining us today. Happy to be there. Thanks, thanks for having me. And stay with us. We're going to have a principal, a broker, and a developer in the hotel industry next. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit ArborCrowd.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. Our show today is Hotels 2018. This segment is brought to you by ArborCrowd.com. If you want to invest a small amount of money in a large investment commercial real estate property, visit ArborCrowd.com. Well, please welcome my guest today. We have David Marvin. He's founder and president of Legacy Ventures in Studio One with us. David, thanks for being with us. 
Pleasure to be here. We also have Brian Waldman. He's Senior Vice President of Investments with Peachtree Hotel Group, and he's in Studio One. Brian, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, gentlemen, you guys are on the firing line. You guys are developing these hotels. You're buying them. You're selling them. You're operating with them. You're operating them. And there seems to be a lot going on in the economy, in the world, and, and the hotel industry, and with technology. How do you know what's coming ahead of you? What is your outlook? What do you think we're, you're going to see in your industry coming up this year? Sure. Um, yeah, we, we look at the hotel industry. We are pretty bullish on um, you know, where things are going. If you look at the economy today, we think the economy is on strong footing. Uh, Peachtree focuses more on investing in secondary and tertiary markets. We're more of a select service investor. So we're investing more in the Hampton Inns and courtyards of the world and predominantly invest with Marriott, Hilton, IHG, and Hyatt. Uh, we feel like that's been a, a good space for us, and we've gotten a, you know, a healthy risk-adjusted return for that. Um, I think when you look at the industry as a whole, the fundamentals continue to remain strong. If you look at the prognosticators, most of the data that we've seen has been um, you know, pretty healthy going into 2018. Uh, but the one thing that we always say about the hotel space is it's still a street corner business. And it's really important to understand the, you know, the markets and the submarkets that you're investing in. David, what do you think? I, I agree with everything Brian said. I, you know, I think basically the hotel industry has enjoyed the ride with the economy coming back strong. Uh, not not in a not in an unbridled way, but in a steady, improving way. And the hospitality industry, as as other real estate segments, uh, is guilty in times past of over building, creating too much new supply. And for a variety of reasons, uh, demand growth has not been met with an oversupply in this cycle. It's, it's supply is beginning to hit on a national basis. New supply is beginning to hit demand growth. But fundamentally, uh, new supply has been constrained by capital being tight and uh, by the cost of construction. New construction has absolutely spiraled since the recession. And uh, for those two reasons, uh, the hotel industry, despite our instincts as real <laughs> estate developers, have been constrained from overdoing it. So the fundamentals are very healthy. Uh, demand in terms of room nights occupied has never been stronger. That's great. So what do you guys think about the tax cuts? I mean, if the hotel industry was looking good and now businesses may have more money uh, to spend and invest and, and, uh, and create jobs and if uh, individuals might have more money in their paycheck to spend for leisure does that adjust your thinking for 2018? I've, for me I'm extremely optimistic mm -hmm. about it I think that uh, basically the benefits of encouraging business with tax cuts mm -hmm. has been sort of underestimated by, the, uh, by, by a lot of uh, analysts. I think that the sense of optimism, uh, I think that the benefit of job growth and investment will uh, buoy the economy. And I think that the hotel industry inures to the same uh, kind of dynamic. I think we're going to enjoy more travelers. I think we're going to enjoy people having more money in their pocket to do leisure travel. Commerce is going to be up, and that uh, is going to generate more commercial uh, travelers as well. And did it adjust your em employment uh, thoughts in your own companies for next year? I mean, 
have, are, you, are you guys going to have more money to invest in your businesses? Do you feel like you will? I, th I think from our perspective, um, a couple things. Just first, I agree with everything that David said. I think the other You're supposed to argue. With <laughs> I think the other you know, interesting thing is when you look at the hotel industry today, this is going a little bit off topic, but mm -hmm. uh, hotels are operating pretty close to practical capacity, as David said. You know, occupancies are you know, near historical peaks, which means that as we have more money and as those leisure travelers are spending more and as companies are spending more, that gives us the ability to drive rate. And I think that from an investment perspective is really appealing um, just in the sense that for every dollar that comes in a rate, you're going to have a lot more that flows down as opposed to occupancy. And by operating at near practical capacity, I think we're really at a point where our industry should hopefully be able to drive um, you know, more cash flow as a result of it. Uh, to answer your second question, just in terms of you know, our investment outlook, um, you know, we continue to raise capital. And um, I wouldn't say that our investment thesis has changed significantly as a result of um, you know, the new tax law, but I think it you know, certainly doesn't hurt. Um, and you know, I think we're, we're, you know, we're optimistic that there are good opportunities out there, and we'll continue to try to find those opportunities. Um, I think from an investment perspective, when you look at you know, the opportunities that are out there today, um, a lot of what we're seeing is very fully priced. Uh, there's a lot of capital chasing hotels today. So again, I think it's really important to pick your spots and pick your markets to you know, find the best investments. So is it time to sell then? Are we at that time of the market where maybe some owners should take some chips off the table? For us, we're always looking to buy and sell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that you know, we sort of look to create opportunities. I think in the hotel space, one of the things that differs as opposed to other classes of commercial real estate is in other classes of commercial real estate, I think a lot of investors are really focused on cap rates. I sort of look at cap rates as we're looking in the rearview mirror. When we're looking to buy, we're looking at how do you create that opportunity going forward, and we're looking for value-add opportunities where we can create new cash flow. So if you have an asset that's stabilized and you've already sort of locked in that value-add, I think it's a great time to be a seller. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at the, the trades in the market, and kudos to the broker community. I think mm -hmm. you guys are doing fantastic job. The assets that you know we've had out there, we've gotten really good pricing for. Mm -hmm. I think it's harder to be a buyer today, mm -hmm. uh, but you have to be selective and find those right opportunities yeah. where you can create that value. Yeah. You agree, Dave? Time to buy, time to sell, time to build? <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, our, our business thesis is, is different from mm -hmm. Peachtree Hotels. We're, we, are, we are a much more rifle shot um, shop. We don't do the volume of transactions that they do. And so it really is an asset by asset basis. But um, we've just um, we've just sold a hotel that we developed and have owned for ten years, and very glad to to be in a position now to recycle that capital. And um, we have plans in 2018 to to sell, and this relates more to uh, sort of reaching that point that Brian just spoke to, uh, which is the, the property uh, will be stabilized at the end of 2018, and we think it's a good time to sell. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that uh, it's good to harvest, it's good to, to uh, adjust your exposure. Um, so we're buyers and sellers as well, as well but very rifle shot approach. Well. We brokers like the thoughts, so we agree with that. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're seeing really good occupancy uh, trends in, your, in the market around the country, but it seems like the, the rates, the room rates, haven't gone up quite as much. 
Um, is, is that going to change uh, in 2018? Uh, is, is, is technology one of the things that are kind of keeping those caps on rates? Or yeah. What is it? Well, it's interesting. It, it's, you know, the old line hoteliers would say that, you know, this could never happen. It's sort of defying the laws of, uh, of nature. Yeah, to, if you're to, full. <laughs> if you're full. And, and understand that if you have 80% occupancy, mm -hmm. that could well mean that you're 100% occupied Tuesday through Thursday night. You've got some availability, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, so I think there's a number of reasons why we've yet to hit that inflection point where there's been good growth in ADR. But invariably, uh, my belief is that the laws of nature will kick in and uh, ADR will start to grow. And as Brian referenced before, uh, growing revenue through ADR is a beautiful thing because much of that flows to the bottom line. There's not additional incremental expense uh, that's in, in, in material anyway that, that, that in, encumbers that. So uh, again, new supply is really on a national basis just meeting new demand. So we're bumping along at a, at a historically high occupancy level and I think that uh, rate is the next thing to drive. Yeah, I agree with all that. And the two things that I would add is when you look at new supply, and I think when you listen to the pundits and you look at what has historically you know, thrown the hotel industry off of a good trend, it's been supply. I think when you look at the data today, a lot of that is really specific to a handful of markets. You look at New York, for example, San Francisco, Nashville, um, you know, those markets have a lot of supply. And New York, I think, probably has too much supply coming. Um, you know, some of the others, some of that supply is warranted. But once you get out of those top 10 markets, supply really doesn't appear to be as much of an issue this cycle as it has been in the past. And I think the same thing on the rate side, um, you know, as we reach that, what I call practical capacity, and David's point, you're 80%, but you're sold out four nights a week, uh, you know, that gives you the ability to drive rate. Um, I think what we've seen in some of the bigger markets that we're not seeing in the smaller markets is the impact on compression nights. So you have a Super Bowl in town or you have you know, something like that, that really gives you the ability to drive rate. But with the you know, Airbnb and other things like that that are out there now, uh, that's taken some of that compression away that you've had historically. The markets are still doing really well. You just Sometimes it's harder to get that compression that you've historically gotten in past cycles. Yeah, that's interesting because because of technology, consumers really have a lot of opportunities out there, right? And yeah. Is that one of the things that's kind of keeping the uh, rate growth down a little bit? I think it is. I think it is. In certain markets, interestingly, uh, you know, I think the sharing economy is having an impact. Uh, so New York City, uh, you know, when the Pope comes to visit, right, uh, that incremental uh, bump that hoteliers hope to get, you know, taking the rate from a hypothetical $500 a night to $1,000 a night for this very super special event with great compression, a little bit of the air has been let out of that balloon with the number of, uh, say, Airbnb rooms that are put in service. So that's one of the drags in uh, in, in markets where Airbnb is, is, is a factor. It's not a factor in every market. Yeah, yeah. that's great. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, I want to ask you guys about some of the opportunities you see moving forward and, and maybe also some of the challenges that uh, you guys are looking out for. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. 
Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by GetValuate.com. This is a great analysis tool for investment real estate. Check it out when you get a chance. GetValuate.com. Today our show is Hotels 2018. My guests are Brian Waldman with Peachtree Hotel Group and David Marvin with Legacy Ventures. And gentlemen, you guys are on the firing line. You, you own these properties. You manage them. You develop them. And, uh, you know, we talked about the kind of your, the the... I guess it's rosy out there, right? We have the tax cuts. Things have been going well for you guys in the hotel industry. Where are the big opportunities moving forward? Where are the trends or the opportunities that you guys see? Well, um, again, our, our approach is pretty rifle shot, but I think that um, the thing is that the, the hospitality industry in terms of assets and in terms of consumer preferences really evolves over time. And I've heard it said that the hotel, the hotel seg segment of the real estate world is the most under-demolished uh, of any. And, and basically things change and with that uh, opportunity exists. I think that uh, guests today are more interested in having an experience than having a commodity offering. I think that leisure travel is, is probably the fastest growing segment of our customer base. And uh, so the statement about uh, experience is, is probably more true for the leisure traveler. So I think that, uh, you know, it's possible to, to, to find hotels that are ripe for repositioning, uh, rebranding, uh, to introduce more of a customer experience. One of our fortes as a, as a company is fairly formidable food and beverage operations, which, uh, which we craft uh, to, to meet the opportunity uh, at, a, at, a, at a property and so really we, we find uh, that's a useful arrow in our quiver to reposition. Yeah, I mean that makes sense, you know, it's about the, the food and the drink, right, and the service. Right, or the drink and the food. <laughs> right, yeah. the drink first, right? And do you guys see similar opportunities? Yeah, I think for us, um, you know, branding is critical. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, most of what we do is affiliated with, you know, one of the four big brands, and we feel that there's a lot of value that's created from that. Um, you know, for us in terms of opportunity, we really focus more on the secondary markets. So, um, you know, we've seen a ton of competition. You know, you look at the top ten markets, every read, every private equity group is bidding on the same, you know, 
six assets or 10 assets that the brokers have out there. Uh, but focusing more on the secondary markets, you know, it's definitely given us a lot more opportunities. And uh, because we'll invest nationwide, it's just it's it's a bigger plethora of of opportunities to look at to find you know the right ones. I completely agree with David's comments in terms of um, you know branding and what the brands bring and the experience. And um, you know the brands have definitely pushed their brand standards to create sort of a unique experience. And you know when you look at the big hotel companies, whether it's you know Marriott or Hilton, they have all of these brands, but they're really trying to target those brands to specific consumers, and we feel like that creates an opportunity. The other opportunity that we've really tried to capitalize on this year is the Marriott Starwood merger. Um, you know, we've found some opportunities of underperforming assets or what were underperforming assets that we think will benefit, um, you know, with the Marriott um, influence behind them as Marriott repositions, in particular, the Aloft and Element brands. Yeah, it must be amazing for you guys to go visit another hotel somewhere because you can go in if you're looking at the asset and just stay there as a customer right get the experience you must go in and go boy we could run this a lot better right you must see that all the time so what are some of the trends you guys see what what should we expect in 2018 and beyond what's new what what uh what's happening out there trend wise gosh i you know you get you get to a point you don't think anything's new uh, i know that's contrary to what i just said but I see steady as it goes for 2018. I think that the fundamentals are strong. I think that uh, for, for a variety of reasons, I think the barriers to entry into the business will remain significant, whether it's uh, cost or availability of capital only to the, to the most qualified uh, buyers and investors. I also think that, um, uh, you know, I think I think continuing to move the needle towards having uh, a good guest experience, not just a stay, but truly an experience with great customer service and uh, supportive technology is, uh, is, is good. But those aren't new ideas. I mean, those are things your mother could have told you about, <laughs> you know, be nice and, and engender a good guest experience. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think technology will continue to evolve. and. I think again, coming back to the brands, when you look at the brands, I think they're all trying to come up with, you know, what's that next gadget? It's, you know, you look back in the last cycle, I guess it was a little more in the last cycle, but you know, when Starwood came out with the idea of, we're gonna have a great shower, we're gonna have a great bed. Well, is that really revolutionary for the hotel industry? I don't know that it is, but I think with technology, you're seeing the brands try to come up with new ways to capture that guest. And as the brand companies grow, and they have more brands. I think they have more of a focus on differentiating themselves. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they differentiate their brands and try to lock in on you know what the customer base is, who is that customer for each of their specific brands, so that way they can continue to grow their portfolio without cannibalizing themselves. How about the trends for some of the customers who are into technology, like using kiosks to, to check in, so maybe that's more efficient. Are you guys using any of that? Do you see that as important moving forward? Yeah, I, I, look, I think the brands are pushing all of that. Uh, you know, I'm an old guy, uh, and I think that the value of some of those things is overstated. There is that slice of the traveling public that wants as little interaction with the front desk as possible, and for them, having the kiosk is great. You know, I think. The brands, the big brands, have rolled out, um, you know, no key uh, door locks so that you can theoretically check in, 
use your smartphone to actually get into the room. Um, you know, is that a differentiator? Is that a reason why I'm going to stay at one hotel instead of another? The answer for me personally is no, because I'd rather go the traditional way. But, uh, you know, understanding the millennials and the, 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 the rest of us that, uh, you know, have, have a millennial spirit or whatever, maybe for a, a segment that's a, that's a differentiator. Well, but I think brands to some extent are chasing their tails coming up with a next gadget. Yeah. I think that's also how you create customer loyalty through service, right? At the end of the day, we're in the service business, and if you're checking in with your phone and you're doing all these other things, how are you differentiating yourself versus, you know, I think about some of my best hospitality stays, and it's because you had a great front desk person or a great breakfast person or whatever, and it's that interaction that I think, you know, helps create loyalty to, you know, whether it's a specific hotel or a brand. Um, so I, I agree with David that I think it sort of cuts both ways. Yeah, I, I think it's really key that the people that you do interact with treat you well with respect and appreciate you as a customer. But uh, last two hotels I checked into were in both in Chicago, and I was disappointed with how long it took me to check in. You know, I've traveled. Um, at this point, I'm, I really just want to go put my bags yeah. down and, and relax a minute. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I thought, well, if, these, if they'd had a kiosk, I would have appreciated it, even though I'm a people person. I think, you know, you do business uh -huh. together and, and, and it works better. Well, what about challenges moving forward? You know, we have immigration issues and we have uh, rising cost of, of seem seemingly everything. What are the challenges you guys are kind of looking out for moving forward to, to conquer? I think the number one challenge is labor. Hard to get good people, more expensive. Um, you know, with, with unemployment on a national level being, you know, 4%-ish, and with a lot of pressure on immigrations or, or being welcoming to immigrants, there just isn't the pool of talent. And uh, so it becomes increasingly competitive, and you have to pay uh, materially more, which which uh, squeezes margin. And so I think the number one uh, challenge that we're dealing with uh, in terms of trying to drive for our uh, profitable operations is labor. Yeah, I think it's a big, big thing about the hotel industry. You know, we're the commercial real estate show and we talk about all types of properties and sectors here, but when I think of your industry, you just, you just mentioned, hey, what's the big uh, thing that makes you different? It's your people. And, and if, if employment is, is tight, and you know salaries are rising uh and you need good people it's more of a business i think than most any other commercial real estate sector we deal with here and so what what are the other challenges you guys see moving forward i think for us we're seeing a lot on the cost side you know again labor is definitely the big one mm -hmm. but just throughout the pnl you know we talk about if you look at um you know the the national forecasts are saying rev per growth of two and a half percent next year and we're seeing on a lot of properties, property taxes going through the roof. You know, we're underwriting it, and as part of our underwriting process, we work with tax consultants to get estimates for the next few years. And, mm -hmm. and we're seeing 40, 50% increases at some properties. Wow. Um, you know, same thing with insurance. We have a lot of properties in Florida in our portfolio. You know, we're seeing big growth there. So I definitely see it on the labor side, but as we underwrite, it's great to say that your top line is going to grow, but just managing the expenses and making sure that your top line growth or what you're doing there is, you know, at least equaling or offsetting your increases in expenses as well as a challenge. Yeah. Well, 
before we end the show, since I have two experts here, I got to ask you kind of a tip that you would leave our audience with for if they're an investor uh, in a hotel uh, concept or or they think about developing a hotel or or building one. Uh, what's a tip you'd leave our audience with? Well, I, I would offer. Uh, I think that um, particularly for somebody new to the business and 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 even an old timer like myself, I think brand and affiliation with with the top. Uh, brand is absolutely essential. We have developed hotels as independent hotels mm -hmm. and um, and uh, as we were discussing before the show, you know that might work well when the tide is rising, but when the tide is is sinking, you really want to have a strong brand behind mm -hmm. you and so I think going with the best brands and uh, making sure you have a great affiliation Brian I, I agree with that. I'll give a little bit more lighthearted answer just to say that, you know, for anyone that's not in the hotel space, if you're looking to get into the hotel space, be cautious, be careful, and let me do everything I can to talk you out of it. <laughs> and if you still want to invest in hotels, then let's talk about it. But, um, you know, we've seen over and over people that have been extremely successful in other areas of real estate that have tried to come into the hotel space. But, you know, as we talked about before, it's an operating business and there are so many other complexities and nuances related to brand and labor and operations and everything else that you, it's not something you do part time. Yeah. What about a tip for an operator, a manager out there of hotels today? I think it's all about. Look, I think that uh, it gets back to people. I think it's about uh -huh. supervising people in a way where you encourage and recognize great performance. And uh, there's a tremendous uh, esprit de corps that's, that's developed. One way to do that, and many hotels do this, is to do uh, a fair amount of community service as a group, something that we've embraced. But uh, you, really have to, you really have to encourage and notice good work to perpetuate that, which in, in turn uh, means that the team is going to deliver great service uh, to your guests, and your guests are going to come back. So good people, and take care of those good people. Recognize them. I like it. Yep. Anything else to add to that for an operator? Um, buy low, sell high. Yeah, buy low, sell high. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your insight. Great. Thank we you. Enjoyed it. And thank you for joining us around the country. And uh, comment. Let us know what you think and uh, connect with us on your favorite social media. And be sure and join us next week. Until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Arbor Crowd. Invest alongside real estate experts. Get Valuate, online investment analysis. CommercialAgentSuccess.com, better serve clients, earn more commissions. Build Out, marketing for your brokerage. Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.